0: Welcome to Mosaic Podcasts. We hope you enjoy the following recording from Mosaic Church Leeds, based in the United Kingdom. For more podcasts and information on Mosaic Church, please visit mosaic-church.org.uk. Thank you for listening. Thanks, Hannah, being uh, at the front here with Billy, A- uh, Billy Elliot set behind me reminds me of the times when I was at school in. Kind of cast in roles in the, uh, the productions, thank goodness though there was no photo- there isn 't any photographic evidence, or uh, Facebook because it didn 't exist there 's nothing up there either. I went to an all boys primary school and um, someone had to be chosen to play the party, part of Mary, mother of Jesus and that someone was me. <laughs> I knew at that point I was destined for greatness on stage and the screen, No, perhaps not. And then, uh, that later that year, my friend Jamie Lyons—he had a a, a party, at a little village hall where a children's entertainer had come with a kind of a camera crew and they were making a documentary about this children's entertainer and I had my 10 minutes uh, 10 seconds of fame were such that someone had poked me in the eye I burst into tears had a right tis was and had to be taken away and that's what I was that was my kind of my moment in that television program and then in year six it, our Leavers production, I was cast as the music teacher. Not a bad role, but not a big role. And I can't remember much about it, although I do remember the costume I wore of Mrs. Baldwin made me look like Mrs. Doubt... Uh, the, the kind of a young Mrs. Doubtfire. And... So when, you, when I think of next week uh, and the Christmas service, I am so glad Claire and Dave haven't asked me to do anything <laughs> because I, I haven't got a, a resume for excellent parts. I have, though, got a lot of expectation next week will be brilliant. Next week, as the children help us understand and experience what happened that first Christmas, we as a church and those we invite to come and watch, will have a fresh glimpse glimpse of what God did that first Christmas and um, please as Sarah said use those flyers use that video to invite people along to hear kind of, kind of what will happen next week and if you are a parent and you're in the room please do check the city this week for any messages from Claire of any kind of final things that need to happen um, what we're going to do now we're going to look at some of the characters in the Christmas story. We're not going to look at the characters I've played in my acting history. um, well, We'll look at one of them, and we'll see four unique responses, these four characters or groupings of characters. And we're asking who they are and what was their unique response to the revelation of Jesus' birth. And we're going to look at Matthew's Gospel. If you have a Bible, if you get it up, uh, open at Matthew chapter 1, we're going to look at some of Matthew chapter 1 and some of Matthew chapter 2. And we're starting out by looking at the two parents of Jesus, baby born, who is the Savior of the world. And so what kind of parents, I wonder, would you choose if you were God in heaven? Who would you want to parent your precious son? Joseph, he was a manual laborer. Mary, a young teenage girl, they were poor, seriously poor. The temple, they could only give the lowest amount of sacrifice when they um, went to give offering. Not only did Joseph have little money, but he also had little status. So when they turned up to this town, his home, kind of family's hometown, Bethlehem, when the census had been called by the Roman emperor, he had little reputation or little um, ability to find a room for his pregnant wife. All he could muster was a space with dirty animals. What kind of parents had God chosen? They weren't long married. They didn't have a track record of parenting. They didn't even have a close family support network in this town. What kind of parents had God chosen? Well, the parents to whom God would entrust his one and only son tell us who God values highly. The angels in Luke's Gospel say to Mary that she is someone who God highly favours. Not the queens in the palaces, not the businesswomen with all their wealth, not the Jewish leaders' wives with their status in society, but a poor teenager who has nothing to offer but what is in her heart. And it's a heart, as we'll see, filled with kindness, filled with faith, and filled with obedience. So let's backtrack a little bit. Let me help you understand the story. Because Mary and Joseph, they are going to get married. Well, hey, yeah, young love, engagement, party, dreaming of a life together, dreaming of a family running all around, playing with their little hammers, pretending to be Dad the carpenter. They wouldn't move in together before they're married. No, they wouldn't do that. And they'd keep their virginity right up to their wedding night. And then this shock comes. Mary before the day of the wedding, is found to be pregnant. Can you imagine, Joseph? Can you imagine his feelings? Can you imagine the expression on his face as Mary tells him? And then Mary pulls out this mind-boggling reason. Because the Holy Spirit put the baby there. It's no wonder he needs a few visits from the angels to kind of make things clear. But that's what happens. Angels visit Mary and Joseph. And I'm not making a joke of this um, to suggest it's made up at all. It is incredible, and I believe it is incredibly true, that we really do believe this happened. Because, I mean, let's think about it. If God can make the universe, God can put a baby inside Mary's tummy. And Joseph then displays this amazing kindness. He planned to end the, uh, the engagement quietly, he wanted to do it with kindness, considering Mary above himself. But he, um, he didn't want to disgrace you, you see. But God has different plans. God wants Mary and Joseph to the, be the parents of his son. So the angel comes and brings another message. So reading on, you um, follow on the screen, but from verse 20. It says this. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save people from their sins. So this is the explanation that the angel gave to Joseph. I'd be pretty shocked at the news that Joseph gets first, that Mary's pregnant. I'd also be pretty shocked an angel arrives to talk to me. But Joseph is reassured. You see, he continues in his kindness. They wait to get married. He waits to consummate his marriage with Mary until a time after Jesus is born, the Bible tells us. He gives up his right on his wedding night as a husband. And Gentlemen, I have to tell you, this is a, it's a wonderful example of kindness as we seek to be kind to our wives. And I want to press home this point. I know there are so many kind people in this church. I see it regularly, your kindness to one another, your kindness to people in our community. And I want to make sure the, the root where you're feeding from is in the right place. If we try and be kind in and of ourselves, we will quickly find we will run dry. However, Jesus tells us that in him there is a wellspring of life. There is life through which, as we're connected to that source of life, the source of the river, kindness can continue to be shown by us, from us, that love the church and love the world. How, though... Did Joseph keep on finding access to this source of life? How did he keep um, being in the kind of having himself in the right place in his heart to be kind? You see, Joseph had a right view of himself. It wasn't a low view of himself, it was a right view. And a a way of kindness comes from a, a, a heart of humility. C.S. Lewis has this really helpful quote where he says, true humility is not thinking less of yourself, it's thinking of yourself less. And this is Joseph, thinking of himself less. And from that heart attitude overflows kindness into the world. This is the response of Joseph. Thinking of ourselves less leads to kindness. And would we be those people this Christmas? Secondly, the visit from the angel displays faith. Joseph believes the angel's story of Jesus' conception. Mary's response to the angel that visits her in Luke's gospel is one of faith. Let's read Luke 1, um, 38. It's on the screen. It says, I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said. We say kindness from Joseph and we see faith in Mary. When God says something to Mary, she believes it. Might we be that kind of people as we hear God say something and we say, may it be to me as you have said. I wonder how we're doing as a church, hearing and believing God's word to us. I'm praying for me this Christmas that my heart would be captured again of the story in the Bible, that I would see it afresh, see the wonder of this Jesus, Saviour, we'd see this wonder of Jesus known as Emmanuel, God with us. And that I, would ex- I wouldn't just know it here, but i experiencing it in my heart. And thirdly, as we just um, skim through Mary and Joseph and their response, we see obedience. Um, Joseph's encounters with an angel, the angels, are always um, matched by his obedience. They tell him to do something, and he instantly obeys without delay. Just two of these occurrences, both when the angel had spoken to him. First time um, after we've just read, he said, Oh, you're to you take her home and, and you're to kind of continue to be husband. Don't don't break off the engagement. Joseph woke up, Matthew 1, 24. He did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. He heard the word of the angel, he obeyed. And then later on in the story, after Jesus had been born, they um, were warned in a, uh, to go um, away, not go straight home, because Herod was on the lookout for, for this baby born. And in chapter 2, verse 21, we see another response of Joseph to an angel. The angel comes to him, verse 20, Get up, take the child and his mother and go to the land of Israel. For those, who are trying, um, those who were trying to take the child's life are dead. So this is the point. He's no longer in hiding. And he is, an angel comes to visit and says, go back home. So what happens? So he, took, he got up, took the child and his mother and went to the land of Israel. God's looking for people like this. Mary and Joseph, incredibly obedient people. Will we be people of obedience? There's an Old Testament book called Two Chronicles which talks of the Lord, the eyes of the Lord ranging throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. Would we be these people? Like Mary and Joseph, people of obedience. And we're not left in our own devices in obedience. We are strengthened by God so that we can live for Him, and this morning you you may find as I keep talking, or as we Mary leads us shortly in worship, that God just draws you to a place of repentance, that you know you've been living away a certain way, thinking certain things, um, acting in certain ways, and God saying this morning, I'd like you to turn away from those behaviours back to Me. And live a life of obedience again. Will we be these people of obedience? God says I want to strengthen your heart this morning. We looked at Mary and Joseph. First group of characters. We see humility, kindness and obedience. We're now going to look at the wise men. Or the magi as Matthew um, calls them. These wise men were rich. They were clever men. They knew A star appearing in the sky meant something incredibly important had happened on earth. These men, also important to God, they were from far away. They were not Israelites. They were most likely Persian. And God used the stars to speak to them. Because they they were astrologers. They looked at the stars to see what's happening on earth. And here God breaks in and speaks to them through the things that they were most into. Centuries earlier, you see, Daniel, exiled in Babylon, would have met with star priests or magi. The magi would have read or heard Daniel's prophecy of a messiah who would come. And the Persian Magi, they wouldn't have to go too far to discover the written accounts of these prophecies. These Magi, centuries later than those original prophecies by Daniel, these Magi were waiting for the fulfillment of them, waiting for the Messiah, and suddenly something happens in the, in the heavenlies, in the stars, and they think, this is it. I, I mean, to be honest, I only know, the, I think, the plough That's the only star I know in the sky. But these men, they knew this thing that happened meant something had happened on earth. And so they crossed continents to find out what it was. They journeyed further than they'd ever journeyed before. Um, Commentators suggest it would take two years to make this journey the way they would have made it. Guided by a star. They seriously wanted to make this trip. They seriously wanted to find Jesus and bring their worship to him. God welcomes the clever, the rich, those from far away. He says to them, I want to welcome you to be part of my family. Be part of a new day that has dawned. I want to take you back to the very first days at the dawn of creation. Where God made people, Adam and Eve, and he lived with them and he loved them. But man made a mess of it all and sin entered the world. Things broken ever since. Man doesn't deserve to come back to God. But God still loves people. He still loves us. He wanted to redeem the world. That word redeem means to buy us back. At great cost to himself, Jesus came down from heaven to earth. And the Christmas story is wonderful. this story with so much meaning, but ultimately the heart of it is Jesus, the Savior of the world, who says to you, I welcome you. A new day has dawned as Jesus gets born, and it's a new day that says one day we will come. Remember this story happened 2000 years ago, but it's still speaking into today. It's still speaking and saying the light has arrived. Come from the darkness into the light. Come, whoever you are, God's saying, I want to buy you back. I want to redeem you, people. I want you into my family. You see, the sin in the world, in our lives, it stops us being close to God. But God's got a plan. He always has. And the plan that God uses, Jesus, this baby, is, means we can be brought back. This day... The day when Jesus is born, a new day is dawned and that says, whoever you are, whether you're British or Chinese or Nigerian or Polish or from anywhere in the world, God says, I want you, I love you, I still love you, despite what's going on in, in your life, I want you back. When I was 15 years old, I remember being in a big tent meeting and there was a preacher at the front and uh, he called a response to give your life to Jesus, to, um, to know him. And on that day, I said yes to Jesus. I said, yeah, I want you to forgive me of the sin I've done in my, in my life. I want to receive the grace that means I can be loved and known by God. And like Mary, when the angel spoke to her, I said to God, my life is yours. I am your servant. That day, I know I was welcomed by God, and every day I wake I am welcomed by God. And these Magi know, knew as they came to Jesus with their gifts, we knew we can see through those gifts who they thought he was. That they weren't just coming to a baby, that they had been led by a star to someone very special. They're gifts of gold, of incense, so frankincense, it's perfume, and of myrrh, which would be an embalming fu- flu- um, fluid for um, in someone's death. These were three gifts which you would give to a king. This baby, the wise men, were revealing there is someone special in this manger. You are king. You deserve these gifts. And they brought gifts and they opened them in front of Jesus. It's it's. It's more likely, um, as we read the timeline, that the Magi didn't come to Bethlehem. The Magi came to um, to Jesus a few years, a year or so later. And they travelled though a long way. The Magi had knew something had happened on Earth to change history. And whether they came to the stable or whether they came to a house where they'd moved when they were in hiding, it doesn't matter. Let's not get distracted to where they get to. They came to Jesus from a long way. And for them, God was revealing himself to them. And they come and worship. Mary and Joseph and the wise men, they've both got brilliant responses. That of obedience, and that of worship. And I want us to be a church whose responses are those. But there are two other groups that I want to touch on briefly, almost as a warning, to say, let's not be these people. And if we feel that we identify in any way, there's no judgment here this morning. There is only welcome back to Father God, only welcome back to to come and know him and to live obedient lives, to live lives of worship. See, the the next character is Herod. His story's not complicated. This guy... um, He's, he's kind of made his way to be king of Judea, this, this kind of province in which Bethlehem is. And he has worked hard to compete for the throne. History says he backbites and he backstabs to get to this place as king of Judea. It was a Roman kind of position that they'd given him. And he is not going to give it up lightly. So what's his response to a baby born who is called King of the Jews. That's his title. As a Magi come to him and say, there's a new king that's been born. What's his response? It's mass murder of all the children who would have lived in Bethlehem. It could have been as many as 70, they think. Atrocious, appalling, and sickening. God have mercy. And we know that. We know that in history. God's merciful heart is huge, even for Herod. To label Herod though um, as aggressive aggressive against Jesus is an understatement. Deep in his heart was fear, fear of having his status taken from him, fear of change coming, blinded him to seeing Jesus as the true King, the one who was promised by God. Here was the hope of the world. Here was hope for him too. Herod was a man of fear. And I wonder as you hear this um, this morning, whether you yourself identify or you know people in your life for whom they see the Christmas story with fear. Fear of accepting Jesus means change comes to your life. Fear that God won't accept you because of what you have done. I'm not suggesting you're Herod. Hear my gentleness. I'm suggesting fear may be the reason you're at this point unwilling to say yes to Jesus. Or yes fully to who Jesus is. And I plead with you. Knowing God's mercy, knowing God's grace is the reason he sent Jesus here. He came down from heaven so that you might not fear but live in freedom and peace. And finally, our final group of stories. They might come as a surprise. Because they're not really in a nativity scene ever. They're not even really mentioned. But looking through Matthew's Gospel, chapter 2, we see they're included here. We see the, the final group are the Jewish leaders. We see the Magi come to Jerusalem. We see Herod's response. They and they approach him, and the magi ask Herod, "We want to know where the one who has been born king of the Jew, Where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him." King Herod, he and all Jerusalem are disturbed, so he gathers together the Jewish religious leaders. Verse 4, when he had called together all, people, um, all the people, so the Jewish people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where Christ, so where was the Messiah prophesied to be born? Their answer, if they look through the Bible, which they did, their answer, in, found in the prophet uh, Micah's book, is Bethlehem. Oh no, that's where the star is pointing, thinks Herod. And the same thought comes surely through the Jewish leaders' minds. The people, the rulers who've been drawn to Herod, they know where this place is. It's six miles away from Jerusalem. They could have gone there too. They could have found the baby born. They could have found him... And found a way to worship. But they don't. This light that's come, they don't even investigate. They don't even draw back the curtain to have a sneaky peek. Their response is they just stay. And 30 years later, when he's in Jerusalem, they, some of these leaders will be asking, are asking him questions. But at this moment, they don't even... Go and see. Their response is apathetic. Their response really is insufficient based on who this person is. And I'm asking you this morning, don't make the same mistake. I've pulled back the curtain. Next week, we certainly will pull back the curtain wide, literally on the stage, as we discover and experience Jesus, light of the world. Do not be blind to who Jesus is and what we are to give him. And our invitation every year is come come and hear a story of a baby born. Come, come and hear the story of, a God, of God in heaven come to earth. And each year we say the same thing. A saviour is born. Come and be part of his story. Come and be part of history. You are a character in this story. Whoever you are. Whether you go to church every week or not. You're a character in this story because Jesus has come to earth. But what is your response? Is it of kindness, faith, and obedience like Mary and Joseph? Is it like the Magi? They travel far to worship. Is it fear like Herod or apathy like the Jewish leaders? Christmas is here again, right? No doubt about that. There's a massive Christmas tree in the courtyard if you've not seen it. And that people are preparing. I've prepared my house as I begin to put decorations up. Today is Christmas tree, putting up day. I've prepared my present cupboard for the gifts I'm going to give out. I've even prepared my food by putting an order in for the place where we'll be staying. As requested, I haven't just ordered it, don't worry. Have though, I prepared my heart to worship Jesus and to respond with kindness, faith, and obedience. And I ask you this question, how will you respond to Jesus? Today, right now, in this room, how are you going to respond to Jesus? I've painted some pictures of those who have the chance to respond in the first century, but we're in the 21st century, and we can still respond. So can I invite you to stand with me? Mary and the band are going to lead us in some times of worship. There'll be songs you know. There'll be familiar songs, I hope, with some traditional carols um, made um, slightly more lively, perhaps. But it's a chance for you in your heart to say, Jesus, I want to worship you. And it may be a moment to repent and to turn around. It may be a moment to commit to God, to say, please, I need, some, I need some help with loving kindness. I need to know this. again, a, a wellspring of life. Now it might be this morning that you are here saying, I want to know Jesus for the first time fully. I want all my life to be given to him. And I invite you to make that choice this morning as we respond in worship.